Hello, Annie Trenders. Welcome to the Girl Taku, hosted by the ladies of Anime Trending. We are back with another fun topic on the table. My name is Gracie, and I am joined by. Hello, I am Isabel, and this is Agnes. So, without further ado, the Girl Taku today will be about anime that we would like to see remade. Giving the Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood treatment, the Fruits Basket 2019 treatment. Uh, sometimes, you know, there are just anime that we would like to see them get another shot. So, this uh, episode will be started off with Isabel since I kicked us off last week. So, that is how our cycle goes. So, Isabel, take it away. You know, which anime would you really, really like to see a remake of? Yes, absolutely. Um, There has been a lot of remakes recently. So, you know, stuff like Shaman King or maybe even Bleach coming back. Like, I can see. Hell yeah. (laughs) I can see a lot of things being remade. So I'm very happy about that. Agnes's complicated relationship with Bleach continues. (laughs) Yes, Yes, infinitely. (laughs) (laughs) But I I decided to pick... um, uh, older series. The first one I actually like. I don't know if either of you have watched this. It's um, Air Gear. Oh, Air Gear. Oh, yeah, that's old. Yeah, I remember that. That would be so cool. But I, I hope they keep the aesthetic of Air Gear because <laughs> Air Gear's aesthetic was really good. I re- yeah, I really like the aesthetic and just like the kind of like the rush of or like the the fact that you know they're using kind of like rollerblades, but they're kind of like futuristic rollerblades basically using air to pump these wheels i just thought it was a very interesting concept especially for something in the 2000s and if it were animated today i think the battle scenes are just really the the scenes would be so much better and i want it to look like skate basically yeah it would be so cool to see all the characters and things like that um when it originally aired in 2000 was it was only 25 episodes and the manga hadn't completed then. So we were just kind of left off on kind of a rushed ending. Um, oh, that was very typical of that time, too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I'm hoping that if, if, if they do get a remake, it would be great because they would be able to continue the story. And then also just kind of the, the manga has already finished. So like after I watched the whole show, I ended up reading the whole manga as well. Um, and it's complete, so I think it's a great series to possibly just take all together, give it the whole remake, um, and update the animation. I think the animation would be sick. It was already good enough for me um, in terms of the story. It had a lot of characters that I liked, um, even though it comes off as a kind of like a harem. Um, but I think I like the I like the fact that Iki, the main character, you know, really gets involved with all these other characters. <laughs> I love the little names that they give. It's so like '90s. I feel like like Babyface or stuff like that. Oh my gosh! Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but you know the concept of Eric here is the fact that every time he puts on his skates, he's able to kind of do these moves that look like parkour in the air, and everyone else is doing the same. So it feels a lot like you know skating, and then also kind of like one of those drive you know driving races or drifting really, um, all in one. So, and the fact that you're doing it on skates gives it like a different type of feel. Yeah, I was about to ask you if, you know, did you want it to be more of like a bleach treatment where they just continue it? Kind of like 
undo the ending and like just kind of continue it in the same way that Bleach is going to do or if you want it just completely brand new. <laughs> I think I would like a completely brand new. I think they could redo the art um, and then just continue on with the story really. Um, so I guess something more like Shaman King. I would like it to be like that if they had to continue it. I feel like that would be the best um, thing that we could get out of Eric here. Did you like Shaman King, by the way, the remake? I have not started it yet. I do like the art so far, though. I looked at it um, and um, I'm kind of excited for it. But yeah, it's very long. So that's why I haven't started it just yet. Okay, makes sense. Yeah, I think Eric Air would be really fun, especially... With the updated animation, I think it would be really, really great. Of course, obviously, as uh, you know, we have seen in the past that even in the earlier years, there have been some very, very impressive animation done for anime. But I kind of just prefer the new visuals of modern anime versus the older ones. And I know that some people are going to disagree because some people actually like the more retro feel of the older anime, but. I like the new modern, uh, modern version art style, so I think that would be really fun. I don't remember it was a harem, though. So now that you pointed it out, I was like, wait, was it really? <laughs> yeah, it was a harem. And I was actually going to ask because Air Gear was written in the 2000s, so there was a lot of really interesting concepts back then, especially with the whole harem dive. And also more like fanservice-y edge to it. Oh! Do you think, do you think Air Gear will continue that given the current atmosphere of anime where it's now if it was doing a remake would it tout more to the shonen side where it's like pure air skating um and having a lot of bro ships and having like wholesome relationships or do you think the remake would have something that is very reminiscent to the manga in terms of like a lot of the harem and the fan service scenes i think yeah you can't have air gear without the fan service so i think okay, it yeah. would still be in there um, and I think, yeah, just based off some of the character designs as well, it's very fan servicey. Um, and mm -hmm. that's one of the things that kind of threw me off when I actually started reading the manga. And, you know, it, it actually, when I compared the manga to the anime, the manga definitely had a lot more fan service. Okay, so they technically mm -hmm. toned it down in the anime version yeah, already. They already okay. toned, toned it down. So I think if they made a remake and toned it down even further, then yes, it would turn into a type of shonen series. But I think that takes away from what the manga was about or kind of the focus is i think later in the series though it, they become pretty serious enough that or maybe i just got used to the fan service i don't know but <laughs> i think they were a lot more focused on just kind of um the tournaments and things like that i was about to ask yeah like how did you feel about the fan service when you were reading it because you know obviously we have given our criticisms towards it so <laughs> Yeah, it was a little hard for me to get through, especially when I, especially since I read it when almost ten years ago. So it's a while. Yeah, so, <laughs> I remember that too. Yeah, I, I was off put by it, but it didn't really stop me because I think the story was interesting enough for me to kind of be like, okay, this is just fan service. All right, we can move on because it never was a focus point uh, for these, uh, for at least the female characters in the series. Um, there were definitely some moments, but I think these Vigon characters were also really good at skating themselves. So I thought that was cool. They weren't just there for fan service. Um, mm, yeah. Yeah, so they, they also had skills. So that's why I, I was okay with that. Makes Would you sense. like to see a sort of like Jujutsu Kaisen treatment in terms of the girls in Air Gear? Because they have like these really cool sequences and they have skills, especially like the 
original love interest of Iki because she's the one that basically mentors and inspired him to get air skates, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the thing about the you know these sisters, especially Ringo, who teaches him everything, and they're all skilled. They're like they have like these secret personalities that they're actually super skilled skaters. And Iki just doesn't know that. He just you know he's basically just a little junior learning about these things, and he doesn't realize that he's with the best skaters. Uh, you know there are, and so I think. It could, I think they could be the Jujutsu Kaisen treatment, but they already also are kind of like that. But they're definitely like strong female characters that I liked. Makes sense. Okay. Yeah. And also, it shows how uh, we're all veterans for otakuness because I feel like. I feel like only when you've watched and read so many that you're able to just brush aside the fan service to focus on other things and be like, yeah, it's just whatever at this point. So. Yeah, that's true. I was, I think I was reading a manga in front of my friend and I was just trying to show it to her. And I think she was so off put by it because she hadn't read, read manga or watched that much. Yeah, yeah. And she, she was just like, Isabel, how can you just like scroll past all that? Like, are you okay? And I'm like, oh, what? Oh, this is normal. What are you talking about? <laughs> That's actually me with my, one of my roommates, um, she, uh, or ex-roommates, uh, we're still friends, obviously, but ex-roommates, she would dabble in anime, and I would suggest some for her, and then I would forget there are these, like, very randomly inputted fanservice moments, and she'd be like, why would they do that? How are you okay with this? This is so insulting and stuff, and I'm like, uh, I've, like, gotten, like, so used to it where I could just, like, brush past it and forget it. Like, my brain literally doesn't even log that it happens, so. <laughs> um, but yeah, it is an expertise of ours on this podcast, <laughs> so. <laughs> Alrighty, so if that is your first pick that you would like to be remade, what is your second pick? Yeah, my second pick, um, I would actually like to watch Yu Yu Hakusho as a remake. Oh, okay. <laughs> I remember watching this dubbed as a kid, and I enjoyed watching it. Although, it, I think it aired on a later block, so I didn't watch. It was broken up, so I saw some episodes and some episodes I didn't, or it aired when I was sleeping, probably. But... I enjoyed kind of like the characters and just the story overall. Have I, did either of you get a chance to watch that as well when you were younger or maybe recently? I watched it when I was super duper young. I was borrowing my cousin's VHSs from oh, the when they were released at like the local swamp meet. I don't remember a lot of Yu Yu Hakusho, but I, because I kind of skipped out on the first filler, not filler part, but the whole introduction part of why... Um, our main character, Yusuke, becomes like a ghost, mm-hmm. sort of. Mm-hmm. I didn't really catch that, but I was really impressed with the arena fight sequences when they introduced like Kurama and all the other characters. Mm-hmm. And that's when I was like, okay, this is like seared in my brain. This is what Yu Hakusho is about. But <laughs> other than that, I don't remember much about it, unfortunately. I started off watching it, but then I found Carcaptor Sakura, and then I decided Carcaptor Sakura was better, so I discarded Yu Yu Hakusho, and I went with Carcaptor Sakura instead, so I'm in the same boat. I'm actually even in a lesser boat than Agnes, because Agnes can remember sequences from it, and I have a general basis idea of what the story is, but don't have any actual memories anymore of the anime. (laughs) Yeah, it's the same for me too. So it's been a long time and I barely remember what it was about. So if we had a remake of it, I would probably try to watch it. Uh, the only thing that's hard for me is that, you know, it was based kind of like in the 80s slash 90s. So, um, you know, Yusuke is that type of delinquent, 
who you know fights in in school and stuff and gangs um but un unfortunately you know he get, he um gets gets hit by a car and then he's immediately sent to the spirit world but he has that chance to come back alive so that's kind of like the whole wait premise. is this like mm -hmm. the origin of the modern set guy with that's the what truck I think. hitting um it's possible mm -hmm. there's a lot of uh isekai like origins sprinkled throughout older animes i wouldn't be surprised if yu hakusho is one of those uh original inspirations i legit just saw a tweet this morning where someone pointed out that um the isekai like something they noticed was like trucks aren't constant like dangerous trucks aren't constant in anime but specifically in the early 2000s the anime with trucks was instead of you getting hit by it and getting reincarnated you are about to get hit by it and then the protagonist hero comes in and saves you oh is it the tokusatsu yes 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 oh my god it. i saw that tweet too <laughs> i was like that is a brilliant observation that i think is absolutely accurate you know so we should uh we should embed the tweet um and re repost it when we uh post the link to oh, our yeah. podcast so that oh yeah i agree about. because it sounds kind of absurd but it's the most hilarious post about an isekai revelation yeah yeah no but i'm also like even now with you talking about yu yu Hakusho, where it's like oh he gets hit by a truck and he goes to spirit wild i'm like huh that sounds oddly similar and familiar <laughs> and so to a lot of the recent anime so probably had unconscious influences or conscious influences as well i say unconscious because it is actually quite common for authors to log um writers to log something they've read or seen but don't remember the actual thing and and it influences them in the future without them realizing it so we never know but uh but yeah so okay this um so he goes to the spirit realm after he gets hit by a truck and i think yu yu Hakusho actually like had um gay characters in there as well like very explicit gay characters i think uh they did uh definitely i can't really remember which one i feel like maybe botan was but i'm not too sure um they're definitely gender fluid though I couldn't. Oh, you know, they okay. Act as one way, but then they reference them as a you know a male character, a female character. So I was a little bit confused by that. I don't know. I would have to go back and see exactly which characters. Um, but I do agree that some of these characters were definitely, mm, you know, definitely kind of characters that you would see nowadays. Um, but the fact that they were in Yu Yu Hakusho that makes it pretty amazing. Yes, and I do think the author is actually a woman, if I'm not mistaken. I could be wrong, though, because once again... Ah, uh, no wonder why Kurama's scene was so good. <laughs> and, and, um, and who's the, the guy with the black hair? The one with, like, the demon in him? Oh, yes. Um, his scene was also really good, too. No wonder why. Wow. Wonderful. We stand female mangokas. Dude, female mangokas... I think it is a male, though. Oh, it is a male? Okay. Yeah. I, I, I really don't Rejected. know. Um, here, let me check. I, Because I'm doing it based on just what I've looked up since, once again, I don't remember much of the actual the anime. of Hunter, Hunter. So. Oh, okay. That's right. I think I think you're right about that. Uh, let me double check. Yes, you're right. Yeah, it is. Um, it Or, yes, he is the writer for Hunter. Wow. So he wrote, you know what? He has a pretty good track record of uh he togashi yeah he has a, he has a really record. i when i was doing research for our pride month i found out that because I, I 
I also have forgotten a lot of Hunter Hunter, unfortunately, because it's been so long. <laughs> and so, um, though I will watch clips randomly, but I, when I was doing research for our Pride Month, I realized that one of the characters in Hunter Hunter was a transgender girl, and I was like, oh, this is, you know, this is shocking, but great, but shocking, um, in such like a very big shonen, uh, and very big shonen popular work, while also, um while also not making the character a joke in any shape or form. So that was a surprise for me. So now that I know he also wrote this one, like he has a, he has a pretty insanely good track record in regards to representation. That's great. Um, yeah, definitely his storytelling as well. You'll see it in Hunter x Hunter when they have this whole tournament arc kind of thing. Uh, it's, it kind of, you can kind of see how it's drawn upon the things that he um, made or at least uh, wrote in Yu Yu Hakusho as well. Mm-hmm. When I saw the whole tournament scene and that, and then versus, you know, Hunter Hunter, which came later, I was like, oh, this is the same. And to add on to that, it also reminds me of My Hero Academia. So um, I feel like it just keeps going, especially with these types of kind of like that platform where, um, you know, they're battling and uh, fighting each other. Um, that's pretty much where the battles take place and how we get these awesome like animation and kind of... Um, special powers or moves that the characters have oh i have no doubt that yeah hunter hunter or uh or yu yu Hakusho had an influence on my hero academia i have no doubt in that regard <laughs> but yeah the series i know it starts off as kind of like a detective one because after yusuke gets hit by the, uh, the car trying to save the kid um even though the kid would have been fine so it's kind of like it's kind of hilarious because i like the comedy where it's you know his death was kind of like uh kind of useless it wasn't needed and that's the reason why he gets sent to the spirit world uh to to try to you know justify the fact that he can get back into his body um but yeah he does a lot of like it so it becomes it's like a lot of like kind of detective work trying to follow the people that he knows to tell them hey keep my body alive and he's watching them all the time it's really really reminiscent of those um dramas or shows back in the day um and then after that once we get into the you know the spirit world and learning more about the characters there and just kind of like the battles um that it totally takes on to kind of a different type of plot um but i would just like to see all of that reanimated and you know continued um i think it'd be really really awesome i think it yu Hakusho did have an ova around like 2018 or 2019 where obviously the visuals are updated and um, I think it looked really awesome. I hadn't seen it, but I saw some of the pictures and I thought it was awesome. Yeah, no, I'm totally down to watching it if it gets remade. I think Agnes is down as well. I don't want to put it in your mouth. I'm so. down. I'm down. I mean, Yu Yu Hakusho is wonderful. Um, although, if they're planning to get an anime adaptation, I think it's going to be after Togashi finishes writing Hunter x Hunter. Oh, I agree. I agree. His hiatus. <laughs> So uh, I don't think the Yu Hakusho series is going to be in for until a while. The now. world went insane when that happened. So. I mean, there were like so many things simultaneously happening that same week, you know, like Berserk um, continuing yeah. because it turns out that his closest friend and the assistants that worked with Miura on the final volume before he unfortunately passed away, they still have his notes and they know what how to end Berserk. And so people were like losing their shit. And then so many people came back on hiatus, and then a bunch of anime got announced too. So it's a it's an interesting time to live in right now. Oh, that was a really great. Uh, the friend he kind of drew his own mini uh, comic of like his relationship with Mira, and it was 
really touching to see that they were friends since in high school. Like he knew about like this oh, project. So nice. Yeah, he knew yeah. about this project. He's always told him about it. It was really fun for him to listen to Mira Sensei talk to him about like what he plans to do for the story and stuff. Also very emotional because I think something that tends to get forget forgotten a lot when someone passes away is that uh is that the friends are also mourning probably just as much as the families and the loved ones are. So um so right, that was, yeah. Yeah. So that was a really um great little tidbit and as well as a very emotional thing in regards to Mira Sensei. But yeah, um before I get sa- sappy and I already have, honestly because <laughs> I am that ball of emotions. So uh is there anything else you want to mention about these two anime you would like to uh have remade or are you ready to pass your baton to the next person? <laughs> Oh, yeah, I am ready. So Agnes, I assume, is next? Yes, you are correct. <laughs> yes, hello. Um, I I was kind of like scrolling through my list and I was thinking to myself, well, you know, it's a good time to be alive because, you know, Fruits Basket got a reboot. Fullmetal Alchemist got a reboot. Bleach is getting a reboot or I guess an adaptation of the Thousand Years War kinda. arc. Yeah. So I'm hoping that fixes a lot of problems that was existing in Bleach. And then as I sat down, I was scrolling through all the anime lists, and I was like, wait a second, there's a couple of them that still need remakes. So the first one I'm <laughs> going to mention, and I might have sniped it from Gracie if she was, if she liked the series in the first place, okay. would be Promised Neverland Season 2. Oh. <laughs> I, so I was originally a manga reader for Promised Neverland, and I absolutely loved the series. I did agree with a lot of people online that by the end of the manga, there were a couple things that were fairly messy and that they could have been retouched or the sequences could have been reordered so it told the story a bit better. And so when I heard that Promised Neverland Season 2 was getting sort of a uh, a rearrangement of a lot of the scenes and sequences, I thought to myself, okay, maybe the author is actually trying to edit his own story, kind of similar to how the mangaka for summertime rendering sat down with the original uh, production team for the anime and tried to reword and reformat a lot of the ways that the anime was adapting the manga so that it told the mystery better. But unfortunately, as the rest of the internet knows, Promise Neverland did not do that. We got basically a much shorter rehashed version of the rest of this, uh, the events that happened in Promise Neverland to the point that it was truncated and sped up a lot that a lot of fans were like really disoriented. Because like Norman, for instance, wasn't supposed to show up. We missed out on meeting, I think, Yuji or Yuto, that old Yeah, that, and like, I heard he was like, was like a fan favorite too. He's a, he, okay, he's a big fan favorite because he's, ba- I think you would have liked him, Gracie, because he's kind of like that awkward... Um, angsty middle-aged man who holds a grudge but it's because like he lost a lot of people that he held dear to him so he you know me so well (laughs) yes he kind of turns around helps the kids and he has a very noble sacrifice near the end of the manga which is why a lot of fans really love him including myself but unfortunately he was axed from the anime production and as a result the anime went to right um so i would really like to see a promised neverland season two reboot just as this part of the plan of oh let's just follow the manga in this case because clearly even the mangaka trying to contribute to the anime production i don't think they really knew what they were doing in terms of writing rewriting the whole sequence and making it better to understand or adding more foreshadowing per se i heard that 
there is theories amongst the Sakuga people who have noted that the pre-production was already a mess for season two. Yeah. Uh, that they think that it was just trying to cover their butts when they claim oh, that the author absolutely. was coming in and that there's a large chance the author really didn't contribute anything at all because everything was already a mess. Yeah, I don't... I don't know what happened on a season That's really two. unfortunate then that they were unable to get like the author's input. And as a result, the production line and the schedule got really, really messy. And people were just sitting there in their offices thinking like, how are we supposed to execute this story when we don't have a plan? And that's just really sad because it's not the animator's fault, obviously, because they're just following what storyboarders and the writers and the directing team wants to do. But then as a result, because nobody else knows what to do, the whole production line is a mess. I I honestly, Promise Neverland Season 2 is such an enigma because this is one of those few like crashes where the Sakuga people have been very vague. Like, you know, we know what happened mm. for Wonder Egg Priority, remember? So, right. like, we know what happened. But with Promise Neverland 2, all, the most they've said was that pre-production was already a mess. But there's no details as to why there was a mess or what the mess was even about. And so there's clearly a lot of things happening behind the scenes that really, really screwed up the second season that, like, it ended with rushing and squeezing everything into something that was completely nonsensical at the end of the day. Um, to sum it up, like my other ex-roommate, she loved Promised Neverland season one. She is not a manga reader, and I think that's not surprising. A lot of people loved uh, Promised Neverland season one, but she, when she watched season two, like uh, her roommate, who's also my friend, like said, noted to me she was like she's watching season two of this promised everland and i just watched her shake her head and sigh and like that was like, that's a pretty bad sign from even a non-monger reader perspective like that's bad yeah and so uh so it's just like it, it's just like it's interesting because like i i want to know what happened that led to this mess but i almost feel like this is something that we are never going to know on what happened yeah. <laughs> I, I wanted to kind of get like the um the unlimited blade works treatment where in fate for what was it the saber route which is the original fate stay night route and the unlimited blade works route which is the archer route they kind of just waited until the rights of the original unlimited blade works movie kind of like subsided and then that's when ufotable picked up the rights to animate the actual tv series for unlimited blade works and people were also speculating like oh if um what's the original anime that did original studio that did fate um studio dean if studio dean dropped or gave away its rights to Ufotable or a different anime company uh, production team, then they will be able to do a reboot that way. So I'm hoping that maybe that would be the case with Promise Neverland, so that we can get like a proper reboot, even if it actually has to follow the more shakier manga sequence. At least it would be better than the current one that we have right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it really is just shocking because I know the first. The first season was considered one of the best ad adaptations of a manga because I know they changed things from the original source material to better fit the actual animated format. And it was great. It was chef's kiss. And so they, the team clearly knew what to do, but yeah, we'll never know. I, I think the other thing that they might have flubbed on and that they were surprised when they were working on the second part of Promised Neverland is that they're not going to get the same mystery psychological impact 
as they would in the first season. Right. Because right. the kids leave the house and now that they're fighting against a world of demons, it's more of a world of survival rather than a world of psychological lying and manipulating and trying to skirt around the sisters. So I wonder if that's why there was also a lot of conflict in the production team was because they know what their audience likes and that they know that it's their best strength. But unfortunately, with the way that the manga is paced, it doesn't actually give you that edge at all. The only like tidbit where there is a bit of manipulation or a bit of skirting around people's expectations is Emma trying to circumvent what Norman's trying to do by killing the demons and Emma's trying to go against him by saving the demons and also the children. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, well, we'll never know. But that being said, I did love the first season. So if it does get a remake from like second season onwards, I would be more than happy to give it another shot. So yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. How many seasons do you think it would take though? Would it? Do you think it would need a season three? You know, if we follow the manga. If we're following mm-hmm. the twelve episode format, it could be a it could be a second season with movie OVAs or it could be two seasons. Mm, okay. Two seasons might be stretching it just a little bit too thin because everything in the second half of Promised Neverland is super duper fast paced. So they could theoretically cram in a lot of material into one episode, I feel like. Oh, okay. Yeah, I say like movie OVAs because I'm thinking of how like in Fate Stay Night for the Heavens Feel movie, they basically crammed in what, 60 plus hours of visual novel routes and information and dialogue into a three-part movie. So theoretically, they could do something like that for Promise Neverland. I wouldn't really complain as much, especially with how movies tend to be now a means of income for a lot of these studios and to generate a lot of hype like how they did with uh, Demon Slayer. But I guess that's all dependent on the production studio and what they see is fit for their budget and also for the time constraints that they have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. I would see it as a movie as well if it was, you know, obviously the ending or something like that. So yeah, yeah. yeah. Goldie Pond moves by really quick, um, just because everything happens like bam, 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 all in the sequence. It doesn't stop, and then it's like full throttle all the way into the end when they reach the like demon capital and mm-hmm. they're trying to stop Norman from executing his big demon genocide plan. But yeah, that's all for me for the first one at least. Alrighty, so uh, what is your second pick then? <laughs> So my second pick is kind of a weird toss-up between series that I wished it had a better adaptation, but also I know like a lot of people really disliked it. Okay. And I think mine would have been either between Fairy Gone or uh, Ikeburu Westgate for mine. Oh, okay. Fairy Gone, um, really? I think I really liked Fairy Gone because... It's, you know, it's a PA original work. I like to see original works as best as I can rather than adaptations just because... To support them, yeah. something mm-hmm. interesting. It's to support them, you know, it's like supporting like indie authors or artists. But I also wanted to see like new concepts that they have in mind to show off. And PA works definitely showed off Barrygon in its animation sequences, at least in the first three episodes, to kind of immerse you in this semi-dark magical steampunk setting. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of the characters are like a very muted gray colors. You know, I like my Grimm series, right? So right, you have muted right. Colors. Yeah. Characters are like post or like veterans from a war that has ended. And interestingly enough, they have like a surgically implanted organ that allows them to, you know, summon their familiar or their persona or whatever you want to call it, right? 
And so I kind of wanted to see it evolve more from that setting because it looked really interesting. But unfortunately, the story execution, the dialogue, the character chemistry is all so banal that when people heard that a second season was released, a lot of people were even surprised. I was even surprised. I didn't catch up with it. It was already too much of a snooze fest at the yeah, beginning. Yeah, it messed wish... up too much for me to also... Yeah, they yeah. messed up way too much for me. I started noticing the pitfalls by episode two and I was like... I need to stop watching this, but I would really hope that they had some sort of remake for it where the storyline is much more coherent and or it becomes like a short story or like an OVA and that they really hash out a lot of the character dialogue and interactions because those were probably the lowest point of the series for me because they try to have like bantering between the two main characters, but it's so flat and uninteresting that I was not paying attention at all. The thing that killed me off Fairy God is you didn't get there, by the way, thank goodness, is when the actual big bad of season one just like strolled through like all these bullets, like aimed at him. <laughs> and I had like that moment where I was just like, man, star troopers are even better at aiming. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's saying something. I'm just like, dude you're not even doing like dodgy moves around the you know shots you're just walking your way through like you're on a sunday morning walk <laughs> so... exactly yeah like i don't even mind the fact that the story's lore is like around fairies because if you look at british lore and a lot of celtic lore as well like mythology fairies are very vastly yeah. ranging yeah a lot of them are super vicious like kelpies they'll drown you mm -hmm. um mermaids and selkies they'll drown you um a lot of other fairies are also connected to like the the netherworlds like the uh, the um like the underworld and stuff so they will they will kill you so that's why like british fairies or like spirits or sprites are like very notorious in history so that's why i was kind of like oh this is an interesting series that talks about like fairies and using the concept like you know fairies aren't necessarily like cute little pixies that fly everywhere no they they, they kind of look kind of scary <laughs> if anything but yeah unfortunately doesn't work out it's unfortunate the big bad of season one is kind of like this op guy who just kind of walks through bullets and it, it kind of suspends that belief of like realism that he is some sort of big bad evil mm -hmm. yeah okay well let's talk about your other one with the ikebukuro westgate park so i am shocked that you would want a remake for it i know it's based on an actual excellent source material exactly so that's my <laughs> okay. my gripe is because uh, for anyone who's listening here ikebukuro westgate was actually the original inspiration for the very critically acclaimed Durora series, in which it's about Tokyo street gangs that are based on color, like they wear like colored bandanas or colored shirts to identify them. And they kind of have like a pseudo gang war in the middle of Tokyo that is kind of like booming into like this glitzy, glamorous Tokyo that you now see today. In the underdark of Tokyo, all of these gangs were kind of like uh, grouping up together and a lot of them were either trying to protect their constituents or their members and or were trying to rise to the top of Tokyo to be basically like millionaires and billionaires to live in the ritzy, the ritzy glamour of Tokyo. And so I really wanted to read and wanted to watch Ikebura Westgate because it also talks a lot about drugs, narcotics, and you know, the drug distribution that was happening in Japan at the time. And there was in the original source material and also in the original TV series, um, live action TV series that they had for Ikebura Westgate, there was actually a big pivotal scene where the main character's girlfriend was murdered by like a rival gang. And so 
the stories around Ikebaro Westgate, uh, Westgate would become a lot more violent, a lot more gang-related. I guess kind of similar to what you would see in Tokyo Revengers currently, which we talked about in our last podcast too. But unfortunately, I think when the production team sat down to do Ikebaro Westgate, they discovered that they didn't want to do the original source material because the original source material is outdated. It's a 2000s, like late 19. 19- 90s 2000 source material so they were using stuff like flip phones they didn't have a lot of like modes of communication and so instead the development team decided like oh let's create a capital westgate but in the modern sense so everyone has like a smartphone there's a lot of references about like the birth of quote-unquote like youtube with a lot of like random stunts and videos that people do to get traction on the internet and so i was kind of understanding where they were going with that but it really detracted my original interest of what is a capital westgate about and why did it actually become such a huge impact on Durarara, which in itself is superbly popular even though that series itself is also kind of like in a 2000s timeline because none of the characters are like in the modern day timeline where they have like smartphones and a lot more access to technology mm-hmm. so yeah that was my main gripe for Ikebaro Westgate and hoping that it would get a second season or like a reboot season somewhere yeah I guess having like advanced technology or modern technology is one thing because you want to attract newer viewers but you know, yeah, like you said, when it has kind of like, it needs kind of like that old-fashioned sense. Also, because they're still in gangs, right? So yeah, I think that's kind of like a disconnect there. Like, this doesn't really maybe, you know, add up in a sense. Yeah, it didn't really feel, when I was watching the anime, it didn't really feel like the Ikebaro Westgate gang was an actual gang. No, it, it did not, like, no. <laughs> it was more like a bunch of homies and friends that have access to smartphones and they just really overprotective of each other instead of an actual gang. Yeah, no, I can attest that. And here's the thing. You can modernize a story. It is possible because I'm going to point you guys to Banana Fish easily. Banana Fish's original story was definitely during a time period where smartphones did not exist at all. And Ash was looking at Google Maps to figure out where he needs to go. But they were able to update it to a more modern time to uh and update the story alongside with it where it connected with the audience in a more modern way while not losing the essence of what the story was trying to go for so it is absolutely possible just the anime adaptation absolutely botched it so <laughs> yeah it was so botched i was trying to i, I grace you probably remembers but i was trying to convince our entertaining staff i'm like wait maybe it gets good by like mid-season yeah because they yep. haven't introduced the crux of the plot yet Never happened, and I was so disappointed. (laughs) (laughs) That is exactly it. So I understand now why you would really, really like it to be remade. Actually, Gina, uh, my roommate, the my Japanese roommate, she also has seen the drama for it, which is not. um, They did not modernize that one, so they kept with the original, you know, time period, but. That one, she said the drama was really, really good. So really, yeah, it was a it's a fairly critically acclaimed uh, live TV series drama in Japan. Yep. And it's very, it has like several renditions of it as well. Yeah. So really, I'm like, you know, obviously modernizing it is fine. Banana Fish did it ex- uh, uh, excellently. But I'm like, at the same time, you don't have to. You know, like, so right. so that's another option as well. But yes, I, I would give it another chance if it truly was remade. But oh boy, was that anime bad. So. 
Uh, all right. Well, are those uh, all you have for the anime that yeah, you like? Yeah, that's all I have. Are all my gripes because currently everything else is getting a remake, so I am satisfied. You are now. satisfied. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So I will move on to mine. So my first pick, funnily enough, also has fairies involved with it, but it's not fairy gone. It. I'm showing my shoujo heart in this moment, but this is. Uh, and I don't know if you two have even heard Wait, of it, but it's. I might know which one. Is it the one with the earl and the fairy? Oh my one? god! Yeah. How did I guess that? Holy sh! How? How, Agnes? How? <laughs> I'm psychic, you guys. Did you watch it? I did. I watched it and I read it. Okay, so you read it. <laughs> yeah, I read it. The manga or the light novels? I read the manga, but it was like during a time period where scansellations was really wonky for shoujo. Oh. So I would get like bits and pieces and I understand the main story. But by the time I got to like maybe chapter 10, they were skipping around a lot. And I was like, wait, wait where were you? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, yes, it is. Uh, it is a very shoujo story, but it's called Earl and Fairy. I would like to have it remade because... I was, I remembered having all these flutters and like getting like, oh, you know, with the blushes and stuff, watching it, but then being really disappointed with how it ended in the final climax. And then um, during that time, Weebly was a thing and live journals were a thing. And someone. Ooh, live journals. This is. Ooh, mm-hmm. This is going <laughs> take us back. Uh, I'm taking you guys on a flashback indeed. And so basically uh, someone translated all the light novel volumes of Earl and Fairy. So that's the original source. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to just read the novels. Those websites do not exist anymore, so don't go looking for them. <laughs> but uh, but I read the light novel series, and I was like, hey, on, this is really, really good. And I was so obsessed with the series that I actually uh, just – copied and pasted it and saved it as like word doc so I can go back and read it and funnily enough like a few like only two years ago I accidentally found those documents again and I was like you know what I am willing to reread it just to see if my opinions have changed since I have grown and my preferences without a doubt have changed drastically and I still loved it. I still thought there was a lot going on, like the romance was just right, and I love the exploration of fairies, and yes, the fairies in this story can absolutely drown you, like uh, like Agnes was saying about the origins of fey worlds for Europe, and this does take place in Europe as well, and there is one scene in Earl and Fairy that did not age well at all. It was very pushing the consensual nature of things in regards between the two protagonists, but that mm. actually was not a situation at all in the light novel series. Uh, that scene that it changed in the adaptation, they were already together and they have like already slept together. So that was like, so it was not a, like a pushing consensual moment in there. And so I was like, okay, well, that's obviously great that, that the original series is like that. And I think there's just so much to explore. And it goes on for quite a bit that there's like the plot gets really intense and like, complicated later but in a good way where it's like a lot of loose it starts off very episodic like where it's like a lot of cases are just a lot of the fairy cases that Lydia solves with Edgar is very uh is very separate from each other but then as the later volumes go like continue you realize that they are more and more connected as you uh as you keep reading and so I just feel like we deserve a remake of it and I think it would look really pretty as well (laughs) so yeah 
I definitely would also agree with the anime remake just because the shoujo original anime adaptation is so blatantly shoujo like textbook that you don't really feel like a lot of super heart flutteriness when you watch it as an adult. But considering that the light novel actually creates their relationship and makes it have and have give them better chemistry, essentially, really brings the hope of it actually getting a better anime adaptation. Yes. And also better graphics, too, because that shoujo animation was very flat. It was! It was! And the art is so beautiful in the light novels, and I'm like, come on, please just give this to me. <laughs> you know? I'm a lonely <laughs> single person right now. Please just give this to me. Uh, yeah, so I am so shocked that you also know about that, Agnes. I was not expecting that at all. <laughs> you know, there are only three series that I know that uses fairies. That's Fairy Gone, Ancient Magus Bride, and Earl and Fairy. And we know which one is the most popular one out of the three of them, so it has to be the other oh one. Oh my gosh! <laughs> I don't think anyone would want the Ancient Magus Bride to be readapted anyway, so or remade, so... Um. I mean, there, there have... There are plans of having an anime production, if I remember correctly, of the college arc, which is currently being animated, uh, currently ongoing in the manga. So I'm okay with not it getting a remake, although the wedding scene is very interesting. Oh, yes. Uh, I We will talk about that at a later date, actually. So, uh, Yes, yes, we will. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so basically, oh, I just, yeah, I really want Earl and Fairy. The relationship goes much harder and better in the light novel series. It was... Okay, so this was the era where the shoujo love stories will, it will be 12 episodes and you're like, did they even really develop at the end of the day? Uh Um, So that is not the case in the light novel series. Like by the point of where the conflict was in the anime series on episode 12, they were already like together together. And I think like planning a wedding like a few months away. Yeah, so the, the, the light novel series, a good or more than half of the plot actually occurs after the two already got married. So it's just... There's, Interesting. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff going on in that series that's really good, and I absolutely love it. And you're right, the graphics would be amazing in the modern sort of take. So I just think that we as women deserve <laughs> this love story and this face story and i just like i just i just think that this light novel series deserves a reboot so anywho isabel have you heard about this at all <laughs> not all. this is definitely my first time hearing about this one so i'm glad you brought it up Gracie, you should send Isabel the uh, the the doc the safe document of that light novel. I should, yeah, I should totally say. Yeah, because don't her. watch the anime. The anime's trash, and the manga is also pretty trash too. <laughs> the beginning is like perfect for your teenage, like fifteen-year-old girl self, you know. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like, if you were when you're in the twilight phase, Earl and Fairy is perfect until it gets like near the end of the series, and you're just like, how have these two not kissed yet? Like, seriously, what is taking them so long so (laughs) yeah no it's great and i also did pick up something from it because he uh he calls lydia lydia the main character she has like this insecurity with her hair color because it's red and actually that is uh, historically accurate red-haired women and red-haired people were not treated very well in the time period that this takes place in and so uh so she really hates it but um or her hair is more like rusty like reddish brown but uh edgar calls it uh edgar calls it caramel and i was like oh that is so sweet and i like memorized oh. that so 
Yeah, I remember that very distinctly from the anime, too, when I watched it. Yeah, it's a him thing, and it's, like, sort of a them thing, because only he calls it caramel-colored, and so, um... Oh, that and chamomile, I think, because he, because she often smells of herbs related to, like, fairies, and fairies, like, there's a particular type of fairies that, uh, there's a particular type of fairy that really likes chamomile that, that are friendly. Chamomile? Oh, chamomile, yeah, chamomile. Yeah, okay. And, um, and that was another them thing, was, like, he could always tell when it's her because it's, she smells like that, so, anyway. Sounds like an ENFP. <laughs> With a nickname calling. Oh, yeah. Although, I don't think he's an ENFP. Oh, no, 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 that boy, that boy has, um, angst, <laughs> but. Oh, yeah, he definitely has angst. Yeah, he yeah. has angst. Anyway, I'm just saying that I would like my heart to go Doki Doki again, <laughs> so. Please make a remake of Earl and Fairy since you guys are already making all these reboot and there's definitely something there. And Isabel, even if the anime isn't great, I kind of want you to like watch it just to see like how you would feel because I think your teenager self would have really enjoyed it like me and Agnes mm-hmm. until like later. So yeah. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> all right. So that is my first pick. I am still shocked that Agnes has seen this. It made me really happy. <laughs> I'm also shocked that you mentioned it. <laughs> oh, man. So Great minds think alike, right? Yes, exactly. Exactly. Even though we are actually quite different as well. So. <laughs> yeah, in- indeed. <laughs> okay, so my second one is I don't think you two have seen this one at least, but it's called Antique Bakery. And... It, uh, Antique Bakery is a slice of life anime where it's like these four guys who work at a bakery and it's sort of, it, like, it tells the stories of, like, who, what they encounter during, uh, working at that bakery, but then it turns out their own lives are pretty interconnected with each other and it's like a slow reveal that way as they go about their life with, you know, talking to people and seeing customers and stuff like that, which is the type of story I like the best. Here's the fascinating thing about Antique Bakery. So I didn't think much of it when it aired. And I remember being really disappointed because I was like, this is really boring. But then when I was doing research for this episode, I realized that every single iteration of Antique uh, Bakery has won a crap ton of awards except for the anime. Like the live act. Interesting. Yeah. So it's like an Ikeburuko Westgate story. Kind of. Yeah. um, Yeah. It has like critically acclaimed other media sources except for the end exactly the manga won a lot of awards a lot of praise like it it was it was showing up and this is like an older story too like this was the early 2000s and it was showing up on like best story lists in other countries outside of japan and so um the live action movie won awards i think there was a live action show from another country another country adapted it as a show you know obviously um obviously taking place in their country instead of japan and that also won a crap ton of awards the anime is the only thing that did not get anything out of it and i think it's just they botched the adaptation i don't remember much of it because of that because like i said i remembered being really bored but when i was researching this and i saw it and i was like oh gosh i remember this i think i just didn't care about it and then i looked it up i was like this is the type of story that's exactly within what i like that slow reveal of how things are connected and how like simple life can reveal big big deeper things like it's right within my range in fact i would say i kind of write like that as well and so just to see how all these other forms of media are just critically acclaimed across the board and for the anime to be the only thing that's forgotten 
I don't know. I don't remember what the anime did that messed it up so badly. But whatever it is, I think they can absolutely have another shot to do it again. This is obviously an anime that would do very well with the sort of beautiful visuals that a lot of slice of life anime have today, whether it's laid back camp, Akabi sailor uniform, um, any Kyoto animation, uh, you know, series like I like I think giving that beautiful visuals to the slice of life would be really great. And I just I I kind of think maybe the anime adaptation shied away from like the deeper aspects of things and how the characters lives are are connected and probably it just became sort of an episodic story where there isn't that much interest because there isn't any deeper reveal between the stories but I think they can have another shot and considering just how critically acclaimed everything else Antique Bakery is it like it should try that again and give that anime, you know, a chance to also be part of that critically acclaimed uh, category because we know the source material is good. We know it's good because all the adaptations have proven that it's good and the adaptations themselves have proven it's good and then the source material has proven itself it's good. So anime just needs to fix it and I would really like to see it and I would like dive all over it. So that is my second pick, and I am sure you two have not heard of this one. <laughs> no, I've definitely not heard of this one. But uh, seeing the very shoujo and older guys working in a bakery, it screams a lot of zaddy vibes that I think would uh, do very well as a reboot. Wait, what vibes? <laughs> zaddy vibes? Like, like yes, daddy kind of thing. <laughs> because it's like yeah. older men and like... The, the female audiences at this point would have been like, oh my gosh, yes, older men, kind of, in the... I just wasn't expecting you to say that was all. <laughs> <laughs> That's why there was like a period of silence. I was like trying to explain myself. I was like, does Gracie not know the term? Okay, no, you're more shocked that I said That's that. That's why I was like, please repeat yourself. I guess I need to even make sure I heard that right. So... <laughs> yeah, it's actually, um, it's funny because there's a kind of similar vibed anime coming out in fall. It's basically four guys who are very, they look put together, but actually they're messes. And it just shows like the four of them individually as they go about their lives. So I think it's a little similar in that regard. And but yes, I do think that a lot of people, a lot of women would really like this. And I want to see that deeper story that really like, that swept away crowds of people that the manga, the live action movie, and another country's live action show caught and captured audiences on. So I think they could definitely yeah, do the, it. It's South Korea, right? They did yes. on the Wikipedia that they did the live action version. Yeah. Yeah. So, oh, sorry, Isabel, what were you going to say? Yeah. Would you say the focus is more on, I don't know, the bakery itself, the food, or just kind of how these characters develop in a sense? Or are they also kind of people you wouldn't really see in a bakery or do they like kind of like clash versus each other i'm just curious about the character dynamics or if it's more focused on like a f the food aspect it is not more focused on the food aspect it is definitely more focused on the character dynamics like i said the four characters are actually uh their lives are interconnected but you don't find that out until later. At first, it looks like they're just co-workers who have, like, some of them have issues with each other. Others of them are really close and stuff. So it starts off, like, just very typical slice of lifey. And then as the story continues, you realize that a lot. And in fact, a lot of their lives are interconnected in ways that they themselves did not realize. So, um, oh, and they all got drawn to the bakery because of something that happened in the past, whether they remember it or whether they don't. So, yeah. Does that answer your question? <laughs> yes, thank you. Okay, yeah. 
So yeah, so those are my two anime I would like to be remade. Uh, from what I've heard of your choices, I would absolutely be down to watch them. So I hope that you two would be down to watch the two that I picked. <laughs> but mostly, absolutely. give me Earl yep, and Fairy. Stand watching daddies on screen making pastries, right? <laughs> <laughs> wow, Agnes, yeah. you're leaning in on it now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm leaning in for the sarcasm effect. <laughs> I mean, we have simulation games like Dream Daddy that's on. That's true. Really that's true stream, right so like i think it's catering to a very specific audience at that point <laughs> that is very true all right well i hope everyone enjoyed this episode and i hope you liked our picks for anime that we would like to be remade please share your thoughts as well on our twitter if you would like and i hope you'll be here next time bye everyone Bye-bye. bye bye